Hola. Hello. Bienvenidos a Entredo. Lo que más nos gusta. What we love. A special episode. A Mónica. And I'm Paula. Bienvenidos a Entredos. A podcast about raising bilingual children. Hello, everyone. Today, we're doing something a bit different here at Entre Dos. Instead of interviewing a guest like we've been doing, we wanted to share some recommendations with you. Like we've said in previous episodes, one of the main reasons we wanted to start this podcast was to share the resources we uncover and love in the hopes that it'll help you in your bilingual home. Our idea with this episode is to make one every month where we share books, music, and other Entre Dos favorites. And to kick off this series, we figured we'd start at the beginning with books for babies and young toddlers, books that would make good additions to Baby's First Library. And if you like this idea and enjoy this episode, please subscribe and tell us what you think by rating and reviewing the podcast. And if you haven't done so already, head to entredospodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We're working on our welcome issue right now and promise it'll be full of useful information and even more resources for you. So with babies and young children, there is so much more to the act of reading that what we envision when we think of the act of reading. It's about listening to mom or dad's voice, seeing their expression, forming a bond between caretaker and child. It's about being in the moment in which mom and dad are totally present, either reading a book, singing a song, or reciting a poem. And as our kids grow from being just listeners and reading our faces and voices to wanting to interact with the book physically, we then move on to choose bo to choosing books that will be resilient to little, little hands and itchy gums because they're going to want to play with it and maybe even bite it and, you know, explore the book as a physical object as well. And that's totally okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a Come Libros crowd. So, you know, that is very important. And, and you know, we're not big proponents of assigning any age to a story because the enjoyment of a book depends very much on, you know, the reading maturity of, of a specific child. But there are a few basic premises that you need to keep in mind when you're buying books for babies. First of all, it doesn't really make any sense to start with very long stories. I should know because I tried to read Don Quixote to my daughter. That was a disaster. Um, and so, you know, one sentence per page is enough. Sometimes just one word per page is perfect. It's just right. And another thing is if the story rhymes or can be sung, that's always great. Um, there's nothing better to sort of get the attention of a child than rhythm and music. Uh, if there's anything related to an onomatopoeia, for instance, the sound of, of animals or just basic sounds like boom, splash, anything like that that will get a reaction from a child, uh, that also works. And the material of the book is also very important. It may sound obvious, but like Monica said earlier, this is a come libro crowd. They like to bite, they like to touch, and they're exploring their with their senses. So 
our daughters or in most babies can't resist chomping down on a delicious book. So you you want to make sure that you offer books <laughs> made of a durable material, whether it's cloth or different textures and materials. Um, those are durable and sensorial. There are also plastic books, which are suitable for bathtubs, for the bathtub. And those are pretty much indestructible and pretty popular with the younger babies. Um, and as they get older, board books are perfect. And a lot of classics are adapted to that format. So there's a lot to choose from when it comes to buying books for kiddos at this age. Yeah, we, we you know, we used to have uh, one of those sort of rubber books for the bathtub. And we still have it. It, it is, it, it's it's a book where, you know, the, the, there's an animal on each page. And, you know, you it tells you to clean the cow's belly, you know, and clean the pig's ears and, you know, clean the chicken's legs. And it's just funny. And it, it's 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 something fun that actually helped us, you know, because it, it's it would, you know, every time we would clean the cow's belly, we would clean Soa's belly. So, I mean, those books are also fun and, 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 you know, you can get them anywhere. You don't have to stress out about your child destroying a book. Right. Yeah, we had one, Elmer. Elmer takes a bath. That was the one we had. And I think she ate it more than she looked through it. She was just kind of sucking on it most of the time. <laughs> yeah, th I think that that's like a popular format. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, another thing that's important, it's um, narrative, right? And, you know, I know this is a young crowd and narrative is something that maybe you would consider a little bit later on, but there are some literary resources that work really well with baby stories. Um, one of the more common ones is repetition. Um, the repetition of words, sentences, structures, um, syntagmas, sounds, um, so another common resource that that is used in conjunction with repetition is that of um, accumulation, right? So there are books that have like a sequential narrative and it adds on these simple elements. So um, you'll see something like The Hungry Caterpillar. This is a good example um, of this type of literary device. You know, the caterpillar eats her way through all of this food and then suddenly she turns into a butterfly. And that's sort of the big finale of the book. And that that kind of stuff really it, it, it shows sort of a very basic, simple skeleton, really, of a narrative. But it's something that sort of engages your child early on. And it builds up that anticipation, I feel, in them. That there's always kind of this surprise at the end when it when it's uh, building up with like the hungry caterpillar or other books where they just keep adding to what's going on and I feel like kids babies and young toddlers really like that because there's this kind of like surprise at the end <laughs> that's exactly happen. exactly yeah. so with these ideas I think you are ready to make a little getaway to the library or the bookstore with your babies and young toddlers and you know start picking up some books but we are going to give you some of our favorites um some are not going to follow all the criteria that we talked about here but we think that expanding the repertoire of books proposals to your children is is essential so take risks see what they're interested in and just so you know the books we're going to recommend are in spanish and we try to keep them to books that you can find here in the u.s so with that said, do you want to 
get started, Moni, with your recommendation? Yes. So, you know, one thing, you know, that I've said before on the show, it's that I've, I've always been a big fan of children's books. So I did think a lot about, you know, the books that I wanted to have for Zoe. Um, so I got her all the classics. And during my maternity leave, I ended up essentially sort of not using any of them. And I read Eva Luna by Isabel Allende to her, mainly because we were both sort of home alone and I needed to entertain myself. And I thought, well, you know, for those first few months, I, I, th I thought it was okay for her just to hear my voice, enjoying reading something. Um, it's a book that I love. So it, it, that was enjoyable. Um, but we did eventually settle on a, on a few kid favorites. And, and one of them was um, Mis Amigos, My Friends uh, by, by Taragomi. And we actually had to buy a second copy of this book because this is not a board book. And uh, the first one was essentially in tatters because we read it over and over. And I was pretty liberal with letting Zoe sort of, you know, touch the book and play with the pages. I mean, this book is pretty affordable. So I was okay with that. Um, the book is, is really sweet. It explores sort of the way that children interact with the world and what they can learn from it. And, and throughout the book, sort of this little girl is describing all of the things that she's learning from the things that are around her, right? So the things that she learns from her dog and the things that she learns from an aunt and the things that, that she learns from books. So uh, the illustrations are really simple. They're full of detail, too. Um, and, and you can really just look at them for some time and discover things. There's this really funny illustration um, on the page where the girl is describing what she learned from, a, from an ant, um, where there's underground, there's a little um, skeleton sort of buried underground, which is kind of weird and dark. But my daughter always loved that. <laughs> so I don't know why and she would notice it I mean she would look at the illustrations and sort of like really look at the pages for a really long time and I love that you know and and I really one one other thing that I love about the book is the message right that I always thought that that so I would learn more more of the basics from her surroundings um, in a more sort of sensorial way And, and this is what happens in the book really it, it's not sort of this very heavily didactic book You know, those sort of color books and the numbers books and the letters books that for some reason they love to sell to babies. And I'm sort of thinking, well, a nine months old doesn't really need to <laughs> learn all that stuff yet. You know, I love the idea that this is sort of more of a sort of like a fun way of, of, of teaching them how to sort of look at things in a different way. Yes. And isn't the conclusion something like I learned to love from friends like you or something like that? Yes. And the conclusion really is, yeah. <laughs> the conclusion is again, and I exactly. And I learned to love from, from a friend like you. That's yes. exactly what it says. Yes. We had that book too in board book format actually. And, and oh, wow. they sell it in English and in Spanish, but we had it in English, but I read it to Amelia in Spanish. I just translated, but you mentioned there's a bilingual version as well right yes the one i had is bilingual what well, i have it it's bilingual um and i don't remember ever finding it as a board book but man i really needed it <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> i really needed that <laughs> <laughs> to prevent the dis destruction of the pages <laughs> <laughs>
So what's your recommendation, Paula? Well, my first one, and like much like you, I don't think I set out to build Amelia Library or anything. I didn't buy a ton of books, but I did get a lot of books as gifts. And um, today I'm very grateful for those gifts because they they really got us a nice little collection started. So um, the first recommendation isn't actually a board book either, but it's but it's a story that I think little ones will really love. And it's a book called Cuckoo. And it's written by a Colombian author named Yolanda Reyes. And the book is if you if you look at our copy, you'll see wrinkles on its pages and crayon scribbles inside, and you'd be really able to to tell that it was well loved, and it might still be well loved because today I pulled it out to prepare for the episode, and Amelia said, "Mama, remember this book?" And she sat down uh -huh. to read it on her own now because now she can read. So, but the book is really fun because it starts with a question. So, "Cuckoo, dónde está mi niña?" or "Cuckoo, where's my little girl?" And you see a little girl that's kind of peeking out from behind a tree. And as the as it progresses, it's kind of this path to finding the little girl. So, you know, the question's answered by saying she's playing, playing hide and seek. Well, where is she hiding? Um, under an umbrella. And where's the umbrella? Well, the umbrella is with, the, with a woman took it. And where's the woman? And so it kind of, there's this progression of following the little girl. And what's cool about it is that Um, some of the pages are half pages. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not a flap within the page, but it's kind of like the pages cut vertically in half. So uh -huh. you'll read, um, for example, ¿Y dónde está escondida? Where is she hiding? And you you lift that half page and you'll see the little girl under the umbrella and it'll say debajo de la sombrilla so it's kind of like a <laughs> peekaboo kind of <laughs> thing going on and yeah. kids love that when they're early so i think that even though it's not a, a not a board book the text is really simple there's really only one line per page and it's a playful book and so you go in on and on until at the end you know you find you find um the little girl and um it, it's one that we read a lot And obviously she was excited today when she saw it again. So oh. we, I would definitely recommend that one. And that one isn't too easy to find here, but I, but it is currently on Amazon. So I would recommend that one. Yeah. Amazon is improving their Spanish language uh, collection in yes. the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that's, that's good. And, and you yeah. know what? This, my second recommendation is used to be very difficult to find online. I bought this book at our local bookstore here. Um, and I was, I remember this is another book that was totally destroyed. It is a board book, but it was, it was just, we read it so many times that at one point I was very nervous because I couldn't find another copy in the internet. And so it loved it so much. It, it ended up getting like a bunch of tape on it. I mean, I somehow fixed it. Um, but it, it's called Al Galope by Rufus Butler Sater. Um, and, and this book is formatted as a scanimation. So it has these acetate overlays that when you move the page, it gives the illusion that uh, the animals on the, on, on the page are moving. 
So when you move the page, it looks like there's a horse and there's a, a, a rooster and there's, I think there's a monkey and they're all sort of, it looks like they're running or they're clucking or they're doing something. So that, that's really fun. And she used to just open the book and do that. I right. didn't even sometimes have to read it to her. Um, she was very fascinated by that sort of trick. Um, so the book has a, an animal on each page and, and poses a question about each animal, right? So it asks, uh, ¿Puedes galopar como un caballo? And then it uses onomatopoeia to emulate the sound of the horse. So it goes cluck, 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 cluck. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's like, ¿Puedes uh, cantar como un gallo? And then it, you go, ¡Kikiriki! And so I used to love the gallo. I had to do that page <laughs> so much because she just loved it when I did that. Is she would smile and uh, so you know that that book is it was fun. It felt more like a like a full sensory experience. You know, not right. just because of the way that that the book works. You know, the actual sort of way that it's built, but also because we used to read it really dramatically. Right. So it was like making the sounds very dramatic and like overstating the question, you know, sort of you have to act out a little bit. I mean, we still really do that with her to get her excited about some books. So. So, yeah, th this is this is a favorite. And I think you can find it right now in Amazon. I saw it recently and I was very happy to see it. it it's a great book. That sounds like fun. I'm sure the animation, yeah. the the illusion of movement is fun for them. Yeah. And unfortunately, we had to we don't have it anymore because it was so destroyed that we I should have probably kept it even as it was. But <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. We moved and disappeared. My second recommendation is also about animals. And it's a it's a small board book. I like it because it's small and it's kind of perfect for tiny hands. Um, it's called Estaba la Rana. And it's based on a po popular folk song. Um, I wasn't familiar with the song before I got the book, but this there's several. I've seen several versions of it, but this one is um, by Paloma Valdivia. She's a Chilean author and illustrator, I believe, as well. Um, although this one's illustrated by by somebody else, but it's it's a beautiful book, and she changes some of the animals that are in the popular version of the song. And then it progresses. <laughs> so after the frog, the then it's the frog and the fish singing under the water. And when the fish and the frog came out to, to sing, the rooster came and made them and shushed them. And on and on and on. And at the end... It's a it's a kid, a child who's singing with the animals, and then the moon comes and just shushes them all. <laughs> but that I think it's an example of what you mentioned earlier that accumulation, and so it makes yes. it really fun, and it also rhymes, and there's a rhythm to it. Even though I didn't know the song, uh, or I didn't read it, because you can sing these books too, but I didn't sing it in the way the traditional. The original song was but there was a certain rhythm to it and Emilia loved it and she would sometimes read it by herself obviously she didn't know how to read but she had pretty much memorized the book and she would sometimes throw in our dog into the sequence so how, did she, how would you do that so she would say I don't know estaba la rana cantando debajo del agua 
And then she would say, estaba la rana, el pez, Albi, who's our dog, <laughs> cantando debajo del agua. So she would just add um, our dog's name to the series of animals who were singing underwater. And then another animal came and made them and, and shushed them. So it was, it was a lot of fun to read that one with her. And she, she liked it a lot. Um, so that's one that you can find at... I saw it, I checked, and you can find it at um, La Libreria, which is an oh, online right. Spanish language bookstore out of L.A. And we're going to link to all of these things, by the way, <laughs> in our show notes. But you can find it at La Libreria right now, and it's a very, very cute book. It's uh, The illustrations are just beautiful and, and simple, and the kids get familiar. There's so much to it, not just the rhythm and the, and the accumulation, but... It's a way to learn animals. I mean, it's it's a very, very cute book and very simple. So I recommend that one. My next book is Los Reyes Magos Llegan de Noche by Manuel Fernandez Juncos, who's a famous Puerto Rican poet. And it comes with uh, music composed by uh, Braulio Dueño Colón, who is a famous Puerto Rican composer and also like a treasure, you know, in the island. Um, and this is this book is one of my favorites because it it's such a beautiful book to read. It's a it's a song and it just has this rhythm to it that it's just a joy to read. And and this was also the her introduction to the Three Kings celebration, which is very popular in Latin America. And, you know, it's a big holiday there and it's not commonly celebrated mm -hmm. in the U.S., You know, right. and the book is very lyrical and it, it's written so beautifully that it flows. And the illustrations are very sweet. They're very simple. Um, but and this is also a poem that I was read to when I was younger. So there's a, a sort of a, a nostalgia attached to it. And when I bought it for her, I wasn't sure how she was going to react. I mean, it was somehow more of a book for me when I saw it in the store. I bought it in, in Puerto Rico, but they do sell it in Amazon. And it comes with a, a CD with the music. It, it, I think it's two songs and it's just a, a sweet and, and she loved it. And she, she memorized parts of the poem because it's just, it, it, it flows really easily. So it's easy to memorize. Like you would memorize a song. Right. Yeah. So. Poems are great. And one of the first, and this is, I guess I'm sneaking in a recommendation, but <laughs> one of the first books I read to Amelia would She was an infant, was Margarita, which it's a oh, poem it's by Ruben Darío and Ediciones Secare, which is a Venezuelan publishing house, has a very sweet, small version. It's, it's not a board book, but it's a small book. And I had gotten that as a gift a long time ago, my, one of my first jobs <laughs> out of college, and I had it. And perhaps because I didn't have that many books for her, I, I read that one. And, it you know, it rhymes. It's a poem. So it's, I don't know, it's, it sounds nice. And, and I would read it. And sometimes I would sub in her name for Margarita. And she would, she would respond to that. It was, it was just nice to, nice to read. And I think for babies in particular, I think sound is so important. So even if you don't have a book, even if you're just singing to them or, or doing a little game um, yes. or reciting a poem that that's kind of what reading is for the, for them. The another book that I, that I really like, and this is 
a translation is called Diez Deditos de las Manos y Diez Deditos de los Pies. Oh. And it's by Helen Oxenbury and um, Mem Fox. And it's a really sweet book. I have a bilingual version of the board book. And it basically talks about babies. So, you know, a, a babies born here. It describes different scenarios under which a baby, let's say a baby was born in the cold and this baby was born in the mountain um, or, or so forth. But what they all have in common is that they all have 10 little fingers and 10 little toes, diez deditos de las manos y diez deditos de los pies. So, and it repeats after it introduces each baby, it repeats this part. So there's also that opportunity to touch their fingers and touch their toes or play while you're reading it. And at the end, it it talks about the baby that you, who you're reading to. <laughs> you know, it says, and there's this other baby who's very special and... <laughs> also has 10 little fingers and 10 little toes and you know it's alluding to your own baby right so that's a really cute that was a gift too it's actually sorry i got it reversed um, mem fox is the author and helen oxenberry is the illustrator okay uh, but it's an adorable book and i like that there's a bilingual version of it so it has both languages and in, in the same book and the translation is good quality so it it's a it's a fun one. It's rhythmic. It and it just kind of allows for that connection with with the baby or with the child by playing with their little fingers and toes. Oh, so I would recommend that one as well. And that one's easily available here in Amazon. You know that that on Amazon. That's um. I don't remember having. The, the, I love these books, the ones that sort of prompt you to sort of participate in them, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, give like give your kid a kiss or touch in touch them in the head or you know grab their little fingers. I love that, and I remember this one is in English, so you know. But I remember that Todd Parr has this I, book called "I Love You" book. And it was like that. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, I love you when you're sleeping. I love you when you're crying. I love you when you're doing this. I love you when you're doing that. I love you when you kiss me. And it was, it was, that I love those books because it sort of creates a physical connection, right? You know, at the end of the day, it's nice yeah. to just sort of sit your kid on your lap and have fun like that, you know, and, and the book sort of prompting you to do those things. So I, I love that, that, that type of sort of narrative of having something interactive that's super baby friendly and that's still fun to do now i mean i think so i loves that those books still the ones that like encourage you to because to play yeah 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 (laughs) yeah and and it's also it's also cute because and then the baby might not necessarily get this but you know, the, the different babies that are portrays are from different parts of the world. And it's kind of showing that babies might be born in a bunch of different circumstances, but you know, they have their they all have ten little fingers exactly. and ten little toes. Oh, that's yeah. So it's it's a sweet message yeah. too. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'm gonna have to to look at that one. So my last recommendation is Buenas Noches, Miami. It's this sort of a, a good night world series. That's what it is. And it, it's it's sort of, it was a gift. So it wasn't something that I 
personally selected, but I really loved it. it I like it because it creates it creates sort of a sense of place. You know, a lot of the locations in the book and the things that the books talks about were places that were familiar to Soy. You know, and the illustrations are really simple and they're you know very colorful. Um, it I remember this is when she was a little older, we went to Matheson Hammock Park, which is a public park uh, in the coast here um, in Miami. And she remembered it from the book. She actually remembers like this is good from good when I'm not just Miami, <laughs> which was great. You know, and it talks about the banyan trees and manatees and the Calle Ocho Festival and the Venetian pool. And I think that that that's nice. I mean, it's it was to me, it was sort of one of those books that for her it would create a sense of, of a sense of where she's at, a sense of awareness, right, of where she lives. And and it's it was a good starting off point to talk about, you know, Miami and where she was born. Yeah. And, and so so it's a it's it's kind of a more sort of narrative book. You know, it doesn't have all the sort of the, the things that we've been talking about. Like it, it, it rhymes a little bit. It doesn't really prompt you to participate physically, but it's it's fun. And I think most most cities have a good night dot dot dot. And I think every state has uh, a good night, you know, dot, dot, dot. And I think most of them are come in Spanish and English and possibly other languages. This is a very popular series and it's very easy to find in the Internet. Yes, I've seen I think I've seen Houston and Texas versions. So, I mean, there's even a good night iPad. <laughs> what? book i don't believe yes. that he got that one as a gift but that one <laughs> what do you say for a little why are you, yes why are you saying good night to your ipad I, oh my goodness i don't know that is weird <laughs> i sign at the time we don't approve of this <laughs> no <laughs> okay so my last one I, I just realized we're talking a lot about a lot of the books we've referenced deal with animals but i think it's it's probably the age, but um, there's a book called Arrullo, uh -huh. which means l lullaby by Maria Baranda. And it's a board book. And it basically deals with something that's, I feel is a kind of a big part of a child's day, especially a young child's day, and that's bedtime. And it shows, it basically shows several animals putting their kids to sleep. The text uses animal sounds and clues and like questions to reveal you know who's making the sound and what's going on so it might say like croc 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 mm -hmm. and then it'll ask it's in spanish it'll ask you know you hear this by a rock who could it be and you turn the page and it'll reveal oh it's mama frog rocking her baby <laughs> and you know it'll go through a bat and um i think a coyote and several other animals and it's not your typical animals it has kind of different things than you usually see and it's not like all farm animals or you know it mixes it up and at the end we see a child who hears noises in the house and asks himself oh who could it be well it's his mom going up the stairs to sing a lullaby and put him to sleep so it's it's really cute because it's simple but it also has all those opportunities to play with the animal sounds and, oh, who could it be? There's that element of surprise and the questions and the illustrations are really beautiful. And I think, you know, it's, it is 
it's kind of also showing that bond that all moms yeah. <laughs> or dads have with their children at bedtime. And in the illustrations, you'll see like a, a frog on a little rocking chair with the baby frog. So you see, you see the animals a little bit kind of like in doing human things at bedtime, <laughs> but it's, it's very cute and it's very well illustrated. And that one I, I think is also available at La Libreria. And since you mentioned Tarogomi, I'm going to just throw in a quick plug for one that we have by him that was a, a huge favorite and it's called Hay un raton en la casa. Oh, yes. And um, he has a beautiful collection of books for, for little, of board books and they're all so, so cute. Um, and so even though this is a translation, it's also well done and just the format and the illustrations are really wonderful and it basically takes ki kids through the journey of a mouse from the moment it enters a house until it until it leaves it right so it starts off with sin ninguna invitación entra la casa un ratón without invitation a mouse comes into the house and you see him as you turn the pages kind of go through various rooms in the house he knocks down blocks he jumps with a dog he quietly passes by a sleeping pig and so on until he exits the house unharmed. But what's also really cool about the book is that it has a small hole in all of the pages right where we see the house, the mouse <laughs> entering the house on the cover. So it's also perfect for little fingers. There's a lot of playing that goes on with the, with the, with the little hole that goes through the book. So I will also throw that in there even though it was kind of we're just throwing in extra accommodations <laughs> no you know what that book i remember i we don't have it but i remember encountering it in the public library and and it it was so much fun to read so it sometimes would yeah. get her fingers stuck in the in that thing <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and to you know, should they like to explore it? <laughs> but it would, she's you know. But that's the thing, you know. At this age, one thing that you want to do, right, is to have the kid be familiar with books. Just sort of be able to touch the book and be able to whatever mess around with it if they want to, um, because you're trying to teach them a love of that, right? So they need to be able to do what they want to do, which is usually, you know, touch it and play with it and put their finger in there and do all of that stuff. And if you're too careful with that, you know, it, this is the thing. If you have a book that's very precious, wait until <laughs> your kid is a little older to present it because the last thing you want to do is sort of show your kid a book and then suddenly you're telling them don't touch this don't touch that don't do this don't do that because that's not the point right you, you want it to yes, be fully no. accessible something that's there for them um i remember that i did this with a a pop-up book that i have of the little prince that is the most precious thing i think i might have sent you that as a gift at some point mm -hmm. right are you still able yes. to open that with amelia and have her not completely just want to destroy the pop-ups uh, I think she wouldn't destroy them now, but we ha we kept it away for a long. Time. You know what? Yes, and and it's funny because of course I, it's kind of it's kind of hidden and guarded. It is, and and you know it's that is a kind of book. It's beautiful. Okay, it's a beautiful pop up book. I forget who the publisher is. I'm sure if you Google the Little Prince pop up book, you can find it. And it, it was 
such a mistake to buy it in in the way that and I'm so sorry I sent it to you too because I realized when <laughs> I opened it and I saw so I look at those pop-ups with she like Godzilla essentially <laughs> she just wanted to destroy it <laughs> of course she did you know it's like a fun thing and she wants to get her fingers in it and like figure out what it is that was a mistake right because this book is something that doesn't If if I value it that much, then I shouldn't present it to her until I'm, she's ready to to handle it, right? Otherwise, it's going to be a stressful situation. And she actually, I, I remember when I opened it with her to see how she would react, it was a stressful situation because I was sort of giving her a lot of parameters of how she could interact with the book. And that's really not what you want. Uh, so, yeah, that, yeah no. that's something to think about. I think us sometimes as grownups don't realize that you know, it's the book is for them, <laughs> not yes, for us. Exactly. Come join us at Entre Dos Community on Facebook and tell us about your baby's favorite books. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Entre Dos Podcast. Remember to sign up for the Entre Dos newsletter at entredospodcast.com. We'll be sending out a digest of the week's most interesting articles about bilingualism, resources to help you stay on track, and everything else bilingual. And also, we hope you'll subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review us. You can also find us on our network, All Points West, at allpointswest.net. Until next week. Adios. Nos vemos. West.